I'm gonna I'm gonna ask to I'm gonna ask real quick. Um, sure. Did you did you put um, STIs in your in your frost mating no. game? No. No, absolutely not. Okay, well, I I, <laughs> I, I don't I, that didn't sound appealing to me at all, Doug. <laughs> Welcome back, finally, the wonderful, magnificent return. Maybe long enough to even be a reboot. Who knows? Welcome back so. to another episode of Cast Without Trace, a podcast Hi. literally now without a trace. Without a trace. We, we've disappeared from the internet. Uh, d- doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like it's never a good state for a podcast to be in where every episode they make is their comeback episode. Yeah, it's well. I mean, then again, like you have a reason to celebrate every episode. That's true. It's a good. It's a good spin to put on it. Yeah. But you know what? Me and Dunk both have um, lives, if you can believe it. And yeah. until someone starts paying us to do this, it's probably going to be you know a little bit sporadic. But a little bit uh, sporadic. We did. We did the math, and we might have. Um, we might have some content coming down the pipeline pretty um, regularly for a little bit. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least on my end, things are are a little bit more chill in the summer. So the and you know what? If that ends things. up being a lie, uh, don't come at me. That's, oh, if um, it ends up being a lie, I'll just like go back, take it out, and re-upload the. Oh, that's the a, that's actually yeah, a, yeah, <laughs> nah. gaslighter. That's a really our, good idea. Yeah, gaslighter audience. Remember, <laughs> kids, nothing you put on the internet is permanent. That's one thing. Not I'm a right. single thing. Um, yeah. it's all Snapchat. Um, okay, I I am Dunk. They them pronouns. <laughs> Have we really not done that? Yet? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um. My name's Jason. I use he/him pronouns. It's it's been a while. Uh, a lot a has happened in D and D land since we last chatted. Um. The the big one, which is the thing we're going to cover today, um, is the most recent UA article. Uh, the player's handbook playtest six, which by my last count was seventy seven pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, is is it so, actually still the most recent um, UA? Because yeah, honestly, the, sur- okay. the survey for it just came out. Oh, perfect. Um, so right. <laughs> we are like, if we wanted to do it today, um, right after we finish this, we'll have stuff on the mind. Yeah. So yeah. it's the most recent UA. Um, it includes seven of the twelve classes. Um, if I'm doing my math right, there are twelve classes. I think thirteen if you include the artificer. Oh my. Um, but it'll be 12, 12 classes in the player's handbook, and this article covers more than half of them, mm-hmm. um, including some spells uh, and some feats as well. And then, um, as is the usual for these kind of articles, uh, another rules glossary at the end, um, which, to be totally honest with you, I have not dived deep into. Um, I've really only looked at the classes at this point. Yeah, uh, same here. I think we're probably going to, um, yeah, talk about, I think, four of the classes now we're gonna try and get through them for sure we're gonna try and get through the first we're gonna try and get through the first four um we'll see how long it takes us yeah um Um, but ideally we can get through like the first four here um maybe like update on our other campaign stuff that we've mentioned before um yeah and then uh hopefully like the next recording session will be uh you know three and then we can speed run some of the like do some like i guess highlights of the cool rules that we like and the rules that we don't like. I think the overall, I don't know how, if we just want to jump into it right away. Um, but the thing that struck me about this UA, um, and I think it's been, it's been quite some time. Um, and I didn't actually watch the video that came out on the D and D beyond YouTube channel in its entirety when this dropped. Um, but I think the philosophy here is that we're moving kind of away from the wild experimentation phase of the UA for one D and D or whatever the hell this thing is is currently or will be called. Um, a lot of the stuff in this newest UA feels like more of a return to form, um, which is good and bad. Um, I don't know, Dunk, if you had the same sort of vibe. 
Yeah. I mean, um, we didn't necessarily uh, cover on the podcast, uh, which means I just didn't pay attention to uh, <laughs> some of the like earlier versions of some of the classes that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, most uh, notably, like the cleric, which I think is like one of both of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we wanted to have like an episode just dedicated to the cleric. Um, and here we are four months later. So, yeah, right. um, you know, I, I think in some ways uh, some of this stuff looks like really interesting and I think they really mm-hmm. took a lot of recommendations uh to heart and so there's a lot of like notable change from like the previous uh like UAs that came out for these classes. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I guess I would say that it doesn't necessarily seem as like wet and wild as those first drafts were. But in that same sort of way, uh I think that this at least some of the classes actually seem like maybe a little bit more fun. Perhaps a little bit more playable. Yeah. Um, like I, in that like they that, feel yeah. like I can, I can imagine having fun with these as opposed to being like, what is happening with my character? Right. So the, the, what, what I will say is that, and we're going to get into this pretty quickly. Um, I think what we're going to cover today, we're going to try and cover the Bard, Cleric, Druid, and Monk, which are the first four classes mm-hmm. in this document. Um, and if you look, uh, the thing that I think is genius about this playtest Um, in particular that didn't exist in the previous ones is these little design note blurbs um, where they talk about the main updates that the class has gone through since the last playtest version. So on the Bard one, for example, um, the first note here is Bardic Inspiration has returned to its 2014 form with the following changes, and then it goes through what's changed. Um, But you'll see that phrasing of X ability has returned to its 2014 form with slight tweaks um, actually pops up a lot in this um document which is part of the reason that i say it kind of feels like a return to form um because it really feels like instead of trying to do full overhauls of abilities they are kind of taking what already exists and doing some tweaks um and again that's good and bad right uh it's less dramatic um which has its upsides and its downsides for sure yeah um i think like we've always seen uh these kind of like design note blurbs uh for ua but this is on a whole other level yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane how many things we, and, and there is, I, I think, um, in some of these, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. There is like some note of maybe, uh, some attitude on the side of the writers. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I, I think so. Um, some of, some of it reads a little bit as like, uh, you know, okay, fine. Yeah, sure. We, we did this because you're too stupid yeah. to like get our genius or whatever. And then some of it I is like, uh, Hey, we're that. so sorry we fucked up. Um, (laughs) it's, it's kind of just got this like weird energy about it. I think because there's so much of it, um, Mm -hmm. and the writing is like different from the actual like writing of the, of the material. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I, I found them incredibly funny, uh, at times. I, I wanted to, uh, ask you about, uh, the idea of bards being able to like choose their spell list. Yeah, this is the most significant change um so in previous uas the way that they were kind of balancing spell um access for different classes was you you get like the like for example with the bard you get the arcane list but it excludes certain uh schools of magic um what they've done in this playtest is they've just said when you are a bard you can pick arcane divine or primal um, just pick a spell list and then that's your spell list. Um, that seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I also don't think it will get published that way because it doesn't, I know it's like a unique thing that the bard would be able to do. And it really leads into the idea that they're like, they kind of dip their toes into other classes business. Yeah. Um, but it f- feels I like the idea of them having access to parts of all three of those lists. Um, just being able to pick a character creation, which list you're actually taking, uh, is. It feels like they just don't have an identity in terms of spellcasting, which I guess is fine. Um, but then it also it really gets undermined at tenth level um, with magical secrets when uh, you just get access to all three spell lists anyway. Yeah. Um, so that does feel like a really odd design choice. And even though I like the idea of bards being able to pick what magic they're working with, 
Um, I don't think this was the way to go about it. Yeah, I, I, I think that the idea of choosing a spell list uh, doesn't necessarily have an issue with the theme of the bard, uh, because it is still like all like arcane spells and you are like using your charisma. Um, because you are using like your your bardic training to cast. You these are spells. still using your charisma, but it, it's 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 explicitly not all arcane spell spellcasting, right? Yeah, because um, you you are you are able to pick divine or primal, and I like the idea of being able to because like, um, the the five e bard deceptively shares a lot of their spells with the druid class, which is kind of interesting when you look at it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And that that definitely went away with the previous UA version, where you were you were limited to the arcane list minus some spell schools. Um, and I like again, I love the idea that they're able to access magic outside of the arcane list. But I don't know if this was the way to do it. Yeah, that that's honestly pretty fair. Um, I mean, so yeah, the way that I saw it was like the that that word list is like integral there. Like it is just mm. the list, but is not necessarily like the type of magic you're using. Um, yeah for sure so you know it kind of gives me this idea of like the kind of interdisciplinary humanities uh college Hmm. experience um as opposed to like wizards who are like very like i guess like rigorous in their like school of whatever their specializations um and then like you know the the bard is kind of like literally the jack of all trades it kind of reminds me of like yes um you know our our english undergrad uh the idea that like hey yeah you have this many credits that you have to take in english courses you can take any type of english course you can you know specialize in whatever the fuck um or you can like be a jack of all trades so in in my mind i guess i was kind of seeing it like that because i've always seen uh bards as like the sort of yeah i guess like collegiate art students um so instead of like being specialized they kind of just like can take from anything yeah but um i definitely understand like why it feels weird um especially from a mechanical standpoint because it's like everyone else is like divided by these spell lists because they are as you said like they're, they're arcane divine or primal like it's supposed to be in congruent well it with, definitely like... makes the bard stand out which i'm never yeah. gonna be opposed to um yeah. because the bard is my baby um but in terms of like feeling like a jack of all trades i don't know if it actually does that um because you do you're still limited to which spell list you pick at first level mm-hmm. until you get to 10th level and then you get all access to all of them what i would have loved to have seen is and i this is now that i'm saying it out loud this is just fifth edition right a curated list of spells that isn't tied to um <laughs> yeah uh any, any kind of like arcane primal or divine list the other side of that though is that uh, there was it was the the words of healing or the songs of healing in a previous UA bard version where when that was brought up, it was like, oh, this is cool because they could come up with different like groups of spells that you can get access to. So like in the previous version, the bard got arcane spells, but then a whole bunch of healing spells from just this one ability. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that's cool. You can make a whole, you can make like a half a dozen options for like, you get the arcane list. And then um, depending on the kind of bard you want to be, you can pull certain spells um from the divine and primal list as well um but again like a a 10th level bard in this version of the game just has access to all the spells in the whole game yeah i don't um, know i don't know how i feel about that to be totally honest yeah honestly like that that is a a really valid critique um yeah i think it would have been like interesting maybe to like see if there was some option of like gamifying it a little bit uh in the same way of like uh you know the the other spellcasters uh here in this in this module are like or not module but the ua uh it's like uh you kind of get to like choose a little bit of like your speciality of like do you want to be more like spell focused or do you want to be more like you know fight focused uh yeah so the, i think it would have been like kind of cool to have that. that yeah exactly so i think like it would have yeah. been really cool to like see the bard in that kind of like optionality um right. which i'm realizing Instead we are sort of... of describing 4e a little bit but like yeah but hey, there's there's stuff to be taken from that, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. Like I don't like four E, but I do like that kind of like <laughs> the the amount of character customization options they have, right? Um, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, for the cleric and the druid, um, that sort of like specialization, you get that choice a couple of times, um, just in the base class, and it really does kind of like feel like if you choose uh this one at this level, then like you have to choose this one at this level, or else it's kind of like why did you bother? 
but I think for the bard, there is like a lot of room for like, yeah, hey, you're going to take certain, like you're going to have a list of you can take these spells or these spells. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you get like some sort of like bonus to a certain, I guess, school of magic or something, right? And then like the next time there's an option like that, you can choose a different one and get that same, you can get the, you can get the option for that one, right? Uh, yeah. So you can kind of mix and match as you want because that is one of the great things about the bard. Yeah, I think there's there's work to be done. It's again this mm-hmm. um, outside of the spell list thing. This bard feels a lot like the fifth edition bard. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The only thing, the only other thing that I want to say about the bard in general is the new capstone ability, um, which is uh, you always have power word heal and power word kill prepared, and you when you cast either spell, you can target a second creature. Um, yeah absolutely not back. necessarily like the most powerful ability in the whole game but it is flavorful as shit and i love mm-hmm. it yeah that, that like idea of words as creation like sorry words of creation yeah. like it's they they have that language in uh a lot of the a lot of the descriptions um and i i just really like that they're kind of using that theme it yeah not the craziest like capstone ability but like yeah i mean better seems than kind of um, fun Better than what it was in 5e, which uh, went down to the 18th level ability and also got twice as good, which is hilarious. Yeah, 100%. Um, when you roll initiative and you have no uses of Bardic Inspiration left, you regain two, which in 5th edition, that was a 20th level ability and you regained one. Yeah, which means um, just don't bother taking the 20th level of Bard, multi-class. Yep, my favorite uh, class in the whole game, and uh, it was always correct. It's always If you're going to 20th level, it's always correct to take a level of Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Bard, because the capstone's not worth it, Yeah, um, which is interesting. Yeah, no, just, just sell your soul. Just one level. Yep. Uh, do you want to move on to subclasses? Yes, I do, because um, cool. this is, yeah, like the... The, the new one here right now is uh, Wiggity Wiggity yes. Whack. Um, yes. uh, maybe the coolest subclass in this whole document, and it comes on page five. 100%. Yeah, no, it's all downhill yeah. from here. Um, <laughs> the, the document and the podcast. But uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, 100%. Like, College of Dance basically so just said, like, yeah, like, fuck monks. Like, who needs monks? We have bards. Um, yeah. You get to be a badass uh, fighter um, of, well, not fighter, but, like, you get to be, like, a, a, a badass... Uh, in in combat just by like your awesome yep. breakdancing moves so i will I, I i i'm upset with the order of the alphabet um because the college of dance should absolutely not be the first bard subclass that you are introduced to as a new player oh, a thousand percent um because the bard like classically is musically inspired and then the first subclass you see is like actually not all bards and mm-hmm. it's like okay well can we just please get used to one idea first um so uh the first um the only real point I have about the name is that um, we should change the order of the alphabet to make sure that dance comes after lore and glamour. Yeah, 100%. We need a new alphabet uh, just for this <laughs> yeah, reason. Just for this. Um, because, yeah, no, it, it is, yeah, you are you are putting the prize pig out first. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird to do that. But also, yeah, 100%. It's like, a, hey, you know this thing that bards are known for? Yeah, they're like doing word stuff. Yeah, hey, your yeah. first option is fuck the word stuff and just like yeah. be a dance. Just dance. Like, yeah, just bust a move. Like, yeah fuck it um, um so you're you're a you're a monk bard if you pick this no um, no no you're not a monk bard um you are a bard who is better at being a monk than monks than the monks are um you get unarmored defense which is 10 plus your dexterity plus your charisma which means you are defended um, by your amazing personality which is i love uh, this is excellent first of all love that you get an unarmed strike as a bonus action when you um Expend a use of your bardic inspiration, um, which is neat. And then you can use your dexterity instead of strengths for unarmed attacks. Um, yeah. All of which is very monkish. Uh, mm-hmm. Like all the classic abilities that you would expect from a monk, other than the bonus action ability attack getting triggered on inspiration and not uh, attacking yourself, which is just interesting. Mm-hmm. And 100%, like the, the bardic damage um yeah using dexterity instead of strength for unarmed attacks but also you're not just doing like one plus your dex you are doing your inspiration die plus your dex which is that that should be that should be noted it does not take inspiration to do but it does use your inspiration dice for the damage yeah which basically is just like monk martial arts die yep it's it's scaling um let me double check this 
in a but pretty I think similar it way. The same or almost the same as the new monk as well. <laughs> I think it is. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah, because it's d six to d twelve. It, it starts at a d six and it goes to a d twelve. Yeah, so it's it is the same for unarmed strikes for the monk as it is for the the this bard subclass. Which actually makes one of those uh, little uh, writers blurbs that we were talking about before um, even funnier now that we realize that. Yeah. Uh, we'll, but we'll <laughs> we'll save that for later. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the College of Dance is absolutely amazing. The fact that, uh, you know, inspiring movements uh, basically allows you to do a lot of the, like, fancy footwork stuff of the monk um, Yeah. with using your bardic inspiration instead of, uh, you know, what they call focused eye or what used to be called, uh, like, key points. Um, mm-hmm. Leading evasion is evasion, like, monk yep. evasion, but better because you can let someone else do it too. Tandem footwork is amazing yeah it's it's extra initiative which is always useful and then that 14th level ability irresistible dance is also like hilarious and quite good yeah 100 percent. it is it is a very barred move uh because it is so memeable um but it also like has like advantages which is amazing yeah and auto's irresistible dance is not a bad spell by any means mm-hmm. so um overall uh they made the best monk subclass in the game a bard um and i don't know how no one saw that as a problem yeah <laughs> is there anything else we have to say about it like like i, I love ne- the idea don't of a bother playing a monk subclass. like i i don't even know why it's it's in our document here of like yeah. talking about it in this episode because who gives a shit about the monk anymore um and you can sh- play yeah. a bard there, sh- there shouldn't be a bard subclass that makes the monk irrelevant that just doesn't make any sense um so this like as much as i love the flavor and the idea and like i think the bard does need a dancer subclass i think that's a great idea um i just don't like i I would love for this to stay the same and for the monks to just get much better like that that would be my uh my dream yeah or basically the the inverse which is what i've seen some uh conversation about is um this shouldn't exist because it's too fun and too cool and too good (laughs) which feels like a bad (laughs) philosophy a hundred percent yeah no why would you want to have fun in a game um that you play with your friends uh it's it's actually ridiculous um but Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's i I mean i i do have i guess like some more to say in that kind of idea of like there shouldn't be a, a bard that has like all the monk stuff but cooler i do have a little bit of an idea like some things to talk about but i want to save that to the end because i know it's going to be a conversation between the two of us um mm-hmm. so i'm going to save that to the end but we can move on to the college of glamour mm-hmm. um we also Great have some design updates handbook. yeah uh one of them was just like yeah we uh made things more clear <laughs> in our writing uh which has really i think like been an ongoing theme in this series of ua documents like they've been really intentional with like their writing for their rules um to kind of avoid any sort of like yeah debate about how it's supposed to be read um Mm -hmm. but also uh yeah the the glamour bard uh has killed the the whisper bard 100 percent um the whisper bard has always been like somewhat of a disappointing bard subclass uh yeah. even though the theme uh, and aesthetic and vibe of it is like so Are cool excellent. yeah um it really is like a very disappoint like you're basically as we were saying like oh you're playing a better monk like if you played the whispers bard you're playing kind of a shitty rogue um yeah a shitty like rogue paladin hybrid which yeah. is just odd to, the thing is yeah and like the, the and yeah work. And, and the the glamour bard uh came out with the whispers bard right and basically the idea is like one was frightening and one was well one was frightening and influencing and then the other one was like charming and influencing um yeah so yeah why don't we just put it all together because they're two sides of the same coin um and i think that was a really great decision uh it made a really fun uh subclass in 5e that was not necessarily like the strongest um and made it even stronger and kind of allowing some thematics of maybe like the worst bard class um which you know is, is definitely not a bad thing say. yeah like it would be fair yeah. to say but yeah it's it, the thing is like the the worst bard class is like saying like oh this is like the least good episode of house of the dragon right like it's it's still sure. an episode of still house of the very dragon, good right like it's yeah. it's still amazing 
And uh, I will also say that when you said the words worst episode of House of the Dragon, everyone thought of the same episode. So there is also that. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we all still will watch that episode, you know what I mean? Honestly, the, the fact that they put the Glamour Whispers, the the two like biggest, like I guess, influencing themes uh, for subclasses for the Bard together, uh, I think has made like a really strong uh, candidate here. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, that kind of like mantle of inspiration has become a lot better. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, fun that you can like move up to your speed as a reaction without opportunity attacks, but like now you get the temp mm -hmm. HP as well. Um, like it's just, hey, we know you like this thing, but we know that it's a little lacking, so we made it better, and it's better. Uh, I I would be very happy to play this bard subclass. Very good battlefield control. Um, just just feels very good. Uh, I would love to play this. Yeah, 100%. The Mantle of Majesty uh, is definitely, I think, where we're getting that Whispers uh, yeah. option oh, there. Yeah. And it's it's really cool, I think. Uh, the Wednesday basically like... command over and over. Yeah, um, and just like making it, yeah, like a bonus action, making it so much better um, than like just the regular command makes it feel more special in that kind of way that you were talking about, like, bards should be able to like do things that other people do, but like differently. Um, yeah, I, I think this really has that kind of like vibe that you were looking for uh, in that mm -hmm. um, unbreakable for majesty, sure. I think is absolutely hilarious because basically what it means is like you're too hot to hit. And that that is that is big vibe. Yeah, they have to succeed in a charisma saving throw against your spell save DC or the attack misses. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, it's just hilarious. Yeah, 100%. It reminds me of uh, like in Pokemon, uh, some of the fairy type moves or whatever. Um, like actually, yeah, it's charm. Uh, Charmin <laughs> in Pokemon. Um, yeah. yeah it's go. absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm, you were saying that you're excited to, to play the subclass. Like, I would be mm -hmm. equally excited, uh, even though it's, like, not necessarily my type of bard. Yeah. College of Lore. Uh, basically, almost unchanged from 5e, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, the only difference is, or the only major difference is magical... Secrets is replaced with magical discoveries at sixth level. Um, you learn two spells of your choice. These spells can come from the arcane primal or divine list. Um, you always have these chosen spells prepared, and whenever you gain a bard level, you can replace one of the spells with another spell that meets the requirements above. Um, I will re remind you that four levels after this, you gain access to all three spell lists anyway. So there is that to consider. Um, mm. Obviously, uh, the, the these spells that you gain here. Um, are always prepared, so they do have that benefit. Um, but eventually, the the fact that you can pull from other spell lists becomes irrelevant because um, you gain access to all three spell lists anyway um, in four levels. So obviously, that matters for levels six to nine. Um, but if you're playing in a campaign between levels one and five, or between levels or ten and above, um, then this ability feels basically useless. Yeah. Um, not useless because again, you do get two free spells um, that you learn. So it's just two extra spells on your spell list. Um, or two extra spells that you know, rather. Um, but again, the idea that you can access them from any spell list um, feels a lot worse when you know that all bards can access all spell lists in four levels. Knowing more spells is always great because then yeah, you have more room good. for like those like niche situational spells that like really can really like make the moments in a game. Um, so like that, I don't want to like just, undercut that hundred percent. But less yeah. cool than Five E's Magical Secrets because that actually felt like something that was like obviously all bards got magical secrets but getting it a little bit early with the lore bard and then it felt more special to be able to access spells outside of the bard list um, yeah i think because it was more restrictive in what spells you could get right um it did feel uh yeah like more special and then also like because like there there wasn't necessarily like there weren't more spells but there were more spell lists to choose from yeah, and like the idea of like when you reach sixth level as a lore bard, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a bard who's gonna take fireball," and it's like, only lore bards can do that, and now mm -hmm. all bards can do that, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make. Uh, yeah, it's it it lost a bit of its its luster because they like made it so open and so I guess like appealing in a way. Or not appealing, like yeah. they they like appeased players in a way, and like, hey, you can have more things. But in the in the you can have more things, um, it made certain things less special because of that. Um, mm, which is yeah, kind of interesting to think about because 
you know, usually when we have like restrictions in these kind of games, um, we don't always like love that. Um, and now we're realizing yeah. that like, oh, sometimes restrictions are part of what makes it fun. I did want to like highlight the uh, like changes for the lore bard that they put here. Sure. Um, it really did have that Absolutely. vibe of like, hey, we're like making things better for you. We did these things. Please like us again. Um, you know, yeah. it, it like bonus proficiencies has gone back to um, cutting words. Can once more uh, magical discoveries uh, has returned. Uh, you yeah. know, it just it, it yeah it has that same energy. Uh, and I think in doing that, like they've made the bard like more grand in a way um but because they made it more grand yeah it does feel like a little bit less special in a way yeah and then you like again i just want us to consider the fact that um the two level three abilities you get as the college of lore bard are literally the exact same as they are in the 2014 player's handbook like there Mm -hmm. is actually no mechanical difference um which just feels weird like why are we making a, a revamped version of 5e if things like this aren't going to change maybe it's just because the bard's already perfect yeah i mean that that i i think if they were to make a bunch of changes but not to i mean say one D is going to be like 5.5 right i mean it does very yeah. much have that vibe from what we're seeing in the way they're refining it um so yeah i i have a comment to make about that but continue okay um you know i mean yeah it's, it's one of those things like you don't have to change everything you don't have to fix what isn't broke um yeah. the lore bard is perfect the way it is leave it alone see but this is what in my head and maybe i'm making up this problem but and maybe this is an invented problem because they never actually called it 5.5e they're calling it 1 D, right but like it it doesn't feel like 5.5e to me it feels like 5.1e to me in the Mm -hmm. sense that like they're just they're making these I, i would have rather seen i would have rather seen them you know swing for the fences instead of play it safe like this but what are you gonna do like i just feel like 5e already exists and will continue to exist after a new version of D&D comes out. So why not try something new and experiment? And like 5e will still be there for the people that want to play it. And I probably, you know, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be one of those people. But it would also be interesting to be able to, you know, see what they would do if they can think outside the box a little bit. Now, I know that makes Hasbro less money because it's riskier. Yeah, that's, yeah. uh, There's (laughs) other, I mean, this is way off topic, but there are also other tabletop systems that you can just play if you're feeling like tired of 5e which i know a lot of people are yeah 100 percent. i mean like it, that that's you know exactly what i was going to say um yeah. you know making big risks is like really fun and special and like would be amazing but yeah, yeah like does and, this big that's, company want to take that kind of business risk right that's why independent um tabletop games exist is to mm-hmm. take those big swings yeah. so i guess i'm just complaining about nothing huh yeah. <laughs> Summary: Lore Bard is back to basically being the bardiest bard to ever bard in the history of bards because, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last version of the bard we saw was, or at least the lore bard uh, was like not as good. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this is this is honestly in in terms of that, like it, referencing it to the five e, you know, it's it's not special. Referencing it to like the last UA for the bard, um, yeah, no, this is great. But then what are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, you know, maybe this is the business strategy, right? Like, hey, let's yeah. throw a pile of dog shit. You don't, you don't know what it's got till it's, well, you don't know what you have till it's gone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's, um, hey, let's give him a phantom um, menace. Do you want to talk about then... Valor? Because I actually do think that this subclass has changed significantly for the yeah, best. Yeah, uh, 100% has. Um, I'm very excited to, to talk about the, the yeah. Valor Bard. Do you want to give the rundown? Uh, yeah, so uh, famously Valor Bard. Um, is sort of the the more martial leaning bard um and what they've done here is made it a lot uh easier to do that um so the first thing i want to bring up um which seems simple but is really handy is that at third level um alongside getting medium armor and shields um you can use a weapon as a spellcasting focus uh this was not in the 2014 player's handbook and if you had a stickler dm um, it really caused a headache uh, based on the way that spellcasting worked. You would have to like drop your, if you were uh, holding a shield and a sword, you would have to drop your sword to do certain spells um, if you didn't have Warcaster. Um, so really good change to just make that way easier for people who have um, DMs who are sticklers for the rules um, because, uh, yeah, you, you no longer have to jump through hoops to cast your spells as a full caster bard. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, which is really nice. Yeah, because like it was yeah. um before it was either like you had to yeah take Warcaster or you had to take um or you had to go like that like one particular sword that has uh like a spell casting focus ability like a magic sword um or yeah. I think there's the improved uh pack weapon if you multiclass into like uh warlock mm-hmm. um yep. but yeah I-, I think this is a great great addition um yeah it excellent little detail change i mean like 100%. it's literally one sentence on the thing right but it it does make a difference yeah i think it was actually for the reason that like you had to have a spell casting focus um in one hand and a, and a sword in the other like i don't mm-hmm. think i've ever seen a valor bard uh with a shield right because it just causes too many headaches yeah but definitely like for uh you know a melee uh combat uh specialization uh with a 1d8 it really does Mm -hmm. make a huge difference uh, especially in those like first five levels um and then battle magic at the 14th level is the other thing that's um massive um if you cast a spell with a casting action or casting time of an action you can make uh one attack with the weapon as a bonus action yeah congrats Uh, very reminiscent level 11 uh yes eldritch yes very very reminiscent of the eldritch knight um i think that this bard subclass feels like a very it feels like a really good Eldritch Knight in my mind. Um, yeah. You are still going to run into issues with um, being dependent on multiple abilities because you are a full caster who wants all the charisma in the world, um, but you want enough dexterity to make good use of medium armor and you want um, uh, constitution because you're going to be in the front lines. So you're still mm-hmm. going to be running into those problems. Um, but overall, like I think if you did want to play a Gish character... Um, as it's being presented, this is one of your better options, certainly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I mean, like, there is always that ability to, like, I guess, do that one level dip into, into Hexblade. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> um, it'll still have that uh, using charisma for your, for your attack boy. So hopefully, like, I mean, by 14th level, maybe that might be something doable. Um, yeah. But yeah. It yeah it does seem I I think that's always been like an issue with the Valor Bard uh, personally like I I've never played a Valor Bard because like I do think like yeah as much like as cool as it is um I I think I had the same issue with like the the Swords Bard um you know it just it at a certain point you are trying to have too many good stats uh and you just don't have enough like right. ability score improvements especially if you're using like yep. um not rolling for for stats um if you're rolling for stats and you have like some wild crazy things like uh the first campaign I ran uh where you had the most broken cleric ever um then it would work because you don't have to worry about ability score improvements you can just take feats but um yeah yeah <laughs> Hey, that was just a regular Tempest cleric, man. It was a regular Tempest cleric, but you had like three eighteens. That's true. I did roll extremely well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, like I think uh, I gave two other players uh, starting feats just to like balance you guys. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I, I gave I gave uh, the Dragonborn fighter uh, starting off with um, like the Xanathar's uh, racial feat for the Dragonborn. There you go. Yeah, no, I had to, yeah, it was crazy. That's pretty good. Um, hey, speaking of clerics, uh, we've been talking for almost an hour about the bard, so it's probably time we move on. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, let's, let's get into it. I, I feel like this class has more changes, um, mm-hmm. which is really fun. It, yeah, I think, I think the base class definitely has more changes in the bard. Um, yeah. If you, uh, you know, being able to pick any spell from any list is um, a huge change, but outside of that. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, really mm-hmm. just like starting off first level Divine Order. Like, yeah, sure, they've moved uh, the um, subclasses to third level to like make it even for some reason. Uh, we can talk about that <laughs> uh, in, in its own. But, um, you know, I, I think having this Divine Order, as we were talking about, it's got that like 4E character customization uh, options. Like, hey, do you want, yeah, Protector or Thaumaturge? Do you want to be more of a spell boy or do you want to be more of a hit boy? I think this is yeah. so much fun, especially for someone or not for a class that is like as versatile as the cleric. It's great. So I, I agree. I like this. Um, I just think if I'm thinking with my little power gamer hat on, like, I don't think these two abilities are the same power level at all. Oh, no, 100 percent. Thaumaturge all the way. <laughs> I just think getting heavy armor is such a huge bonus over... First of all, I don't know if you've looked at the um, cleric 
cantrip options, but they're actually not fantastic. Like having an extra one, I don't think is a huge help. Um, and then religion checks are cool, but they're like never going to be, I mean, depending on the kind of game you're running, but in my experience, religion checks are never going to, you know, make or break, uh, your character. So, oh, see, I, um, I've had the opposite experience. I mean, like, like religion is such a great area for, I guess, like lore exposition and hints to like greater no, story. Um, for sure. It's definitely it's one never, that like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a, it's not gaining like plus three AC. It's not the same in terms of, you know. No, like, but like, why do I care about gaining plus three AC if I'm not going to be up close to my opponents? I, I'll put that to the test for sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's one of those things, right? Um, but yeah, the great know, thing I is, know. like, yeah, like the, the fact that re- like religion is an intelligence check. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it does like, it, it, like yes. yeah, it, it's that thing of like, okay, yes. I want to focus on wisdom and I want to focus on constitution and I want right, to have some like decent strength. Cleric. Yeah. But you also want to have decent religion checks because you know that makes sense for a cleric to have um exactly i mean so I clerics that, are that, learned, that does fix right? that so like yeah i i personally i i love to have a high intelligence for yep any i guess class that requires any sort of study so like bards clerics wizards i mean obviously wizards but like bards and clerics i i always want to have like an understandable intelligence uh just because it makes sense for the character um and so many skills are benefited in that way um yeah. yeah i've had religion checks like make or break uh a a dungeon crawl or a campaign even yeah um it's it's amazing I, it's also like the the thing about a game like D is that it's all like everyone has their different experiences right yeah exactly but i just i i, I in my little power gamer brain i'm like i'm never not gonna take the heavy armor yeah but i, I think this <laughs> is be, actually it would be hard for me to not do you know what i i, I think this is actually great then because like we, we're seeing that like different players are going to want different things yeah, out of the that's, same that's class. actually that's reasonable oh my goodness this is that's actually we, we have inadvertently proven that mm-hmm. uh wizards has done a good thing um oh boy <laughs> let's let's move on let's not marinate on that uh channel yeah. divinity apparently has been <laughs> fixed since the last one <laughs> um yeah yeah i don't know um many of the details about like the last one uh but i did hear like some critiques about like you know power level gaming and then fixing that and then a little bit game breaking yeah and then now it seems to be like at a nice healthy medium um Mm -hmm. i don't know if i like i i was listening to the last uh episode uh and we were talking about that even with the druid uh saying that like oh you can't have this uh based on your uh, proficiency bonus because then like you have one level dip into uh druid and you can do it multiple times as opposed to whatever and it's like okay cool but like if you're a 17th level character and you have one level dip in druid i mean like even that one druid ability is like not as cool as some of the other shit you're gonna have at right. level 17 That's fair. so yeah. i don't know but um i i do really like the the channel divinity has i guess like two starting abilities um as opposed mm-hmm. to just like turn undead yeah, um, and of course, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like divine. That spark. is, I think, part of that is to make up for the fact that clerics are no longer getting their subclass at level one. Yeah, um, and instead have to wait till level three. They've like they've universalized level three for subclasses. Um, I still have mixed feelings about that decision. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Same here. I understand from like a a game perspective that like it's confusing for new players for a little bit that like some classes get different abilities at different levels. Um. But I also think, like, thematically, right, when you think about the classes that are getting their subclasses at first level, Cleric, Warlock, Sorcerer, I think are the three. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes, in some way, it just makes sense for those classes to be the ones that get, like, it's so specialized, right? Yeah. Um, like, if you're a Cleric and you're worshipping, a, you know, a specific deity in a setting, um, until your third level, you're just getting generic abilities instead of abilities that are thematic to your chosen deity so i i do have mixed feelings about it but i mm-hmm. understand from a gameplay perspective why they would do it yeah i mean and like, yeah. again the the second ability for channel divinity at first level from the base cleric class does in some ways make up for the fact that they don't have a subclass um because in fifth edition you would be get a second um uh channel divinity option at second level from your subclass mm-hmm. um so. yeah and the fact that like you know you have uh, a versatile thing like you it's it's not yes. just a second ability it's an ability that has two ways to use it um mm-hmm. and you can use it 
either way, depending on the situation, right? You can either um, do more damage or you can heal someone. Uh, and I believe it's a, oh, it's a magic action, but still, um, you know, you don't have to spend any spell slots. You don't have to like, you know, use any other resources other than just your channel divinity. And to be honest, I mean, turn undead has always been a very like niche and situational yeah, thing that you're niche, never going to yeah. use it for. And that hasn't really changed in this UA either. No, because, not like, it is specific. To, it depends heavily on how many undead you're dm is putting in the game right yeah 100 percent. but like i don't think okay. i've dealt with undead in like i want to say two campaigns now um yeah really common for low levels um like skeletons and zombies and stuff but like once your dm gets tired of running those um you don't run into them for a while in my experience yeah that's exactly it um so yeah. it just it yeah it's it's lackluster in the beginning um it's something that like i i think i've used once playing a cleric and cleric used to be my go-to mm -hmm. uh class um for the first like i want to say like yeah. three four years that i was playing D, &D. um any one shot that i was in i was bringing a cleric because i knew that that would be appreciated and i like clerics um but i yeah. i literally have only ever used turn undead once it's 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 nothing but the divine spark is absolutely fantastic and the fact that anyone has that option is i think great um and even like in the like two things you can choose, like you've got more options. You can do necrotic or radiant. It's great. I I love every yeah. every bit of divine spark, um, and I think it makes up for it in, I guess that like mechanics way of like you don't have the the other niche thing that you can do. Because um, like I my favorite was the the nature cleric, um, which yeah. I don't see here, which I'm kind of upset about. But you know the nature cleric is like oh you can like commune with plants. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Very, very yeah. niche. Very niche. Most of them were niche. Very specific. Um, so it's like, okay, you have two niche things for something that you can do twice per long rest. Pretty decent, to be it's honest. Reasonable. Um, especially reasonable. Yeah. twice a day is super reasonable. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. especially at second level. When you mention cleric subclasses, um, the ones they included in this UA are life, light, trickery, and war. Um, and if you're going to pick four cleric subclasses that kind of run the gamut for the player's handbook, um, I don't think that's a bad four to pick. Uh, I mean, in the original, in the, I mean, you have to consider that in the fifth edition player's handbook, there are eight cleric subclasses that got published and they want to, uh, with this like 2024 player's handbook, um, standardize all classes to get four subclasses. So if you are, if you're cutting the amount of default cleric subclasses in half, um, and you have to make some sacrifices there. I actually think they did a pretty decent job picking four that kind of reach different corners, right? You have um, generic heal, bar, heal bot cleric, you have blaster cleric, you have uh, utility cleric, and then kind of a frontline cleric. Um, obviously, I am sad to see no tempest, no nature. Yeah, I mean, what well, my I guess my only gripe with that is like, I mean, you're right, but the trickery domain. I first of all, I I don't think it's a very like I, I i yeah it's 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 i think the worst cleric subclass um it is it well, is the worst domain I, mean, I think um out of the so player's like handbook speaking, at the very least yeah mechanically speaking like it just it it, it is you're that's probably true missing yes. like but they, so they much. have done um, significant work on it in this yeah game. that that's exactly where i was gonna get it um i mean i i think part maybe one of the reasons why it was brought here is because they wanted to show that they were rehauling it in such a way um yeah. and so like that is respectable but also yeah it, like you are probably right that it is one of the most like it is probably one of the four most played um out of the php but i also think that that's only yeah, the just case people love the flavor so much right? i i don't like, think so i i think i think the biggest reason why is because of that critical role thing i i think there's definitely something to that like the trickery domain i i've seen so many people like think to play it and because like they either think it's cool or because they've seen it on critical role um and that's they, like the, the cleric they know do yes unbelievable thing with, um, um with this subclass and even like again with the player's handbook kind of crap version of it so um, exactly for um yeah and then but then <laughs> when you know not professional um dramatists uh take on that that subclass they're realizing oh this is not fun um laura bailey just makes her own fun by playing a character but um yeah actually maybe like i mean yeah the the, the life domain cleric is just heal bot 9000 which is fine you need one but we can get into the the sub class stuff so and when we talk about standardizing subclasses um 
the thing about the cleric, which uh, was a problem in my opinion in the fifth edition player's handbook and has not been um, really resolved here, uh, is that you have a gap between sixth level um, where you aren't getting any um, you're not getting any subclass ability between sixth level and seventeenth level. Yeah. Um, which is a really long time to wait. The reason that in the player's handbook that happens is because clerics get divine intervention, um, which is like the most insane uh, class feature that's ever been printed. Yeah, that was crazy. Time. Um, and I, I don't think that's necessarily an exaggeration to say mm-hmm. um, at all. Uh, the only thing I will say is that like there's a version of it that also exists in this UA. It's just like toned down pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it does leave a little bit of something to be desired. I think maybe, uh, you know, commune could be swapped out to be honest. Yeah, that would be, that, that, that would be, that would be my fix to this. Uh, cause commune mm-hmm. is like not as fun as anything else in here. Actually, I'm realizing that I keep saying commune. It is commune. Um, we are commune. not, I, we know it is not a, a plot of land in which <laughs> everyone is equal. Um, no, no, actually, uh, funnily enough, it, it seems be. like most, uh, cleric orders in, a lot of like the campaign stuff is is not um equal it is very hierarchical mm. but um yeah 100 percent um but honestly like i i think I, I just wanted to like shout out like the the blessed strikes um again you get that mm-hmm. like choice it does i i think really show like yeah if you're going with the 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 thaumaturge um you're gonna go with the potent spell casting if you go with the protector you're gonna go with the divine strike right you're probably going with the yeah yeah almost certainly mm-hmm. um i will I will say again that there's definitely a case to be made that you go um, protector no matter what you're doing because any caster wants armor, but I, I, won't, I won't keep harping on this point. I've always liked the Light Cleric in theory, but mm-hmm. I've never played one. Um, so I don't have any, like... I got nothing crazy to say about it. Um, the Corona of Light stuff seems really interesting. It does. Um, it does. Um, I really like it. Kind of a, a, a wild decision oh my god in the Um, year of our lord 2023 (laughs) to name it that uh but i i kind of respect the idea of just being like we know like we get Mm -hmm. it but like we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna make it so that you know the the novel coronavirus prevents (laughs) us from like naming things after you know a word for crown so we're actually gonna be totally fine with that Mm -hmm. and i i kind of in some ways i respect that i mean I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would call the coronavirus novel anymore. Um, in the That's year of our Lord, twenty twenty three, it's been here it's for called, a minute. Man. It's it's very That's outworn. True. It's welcome, um, <laughs> but it is funny that you that you mentioned the definition uh, for Corona as crown because that is the uh, like anatomical yeah. uh, definition. But then there's also it's, the um, uh, astrological definition um, where it's like the, the the rays of of light coming from the sun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so it has that like sun aspect but then also like that crown halo kind of thing as well oh Um, yeah you're right yeah i i thought that was actually like it's it's a very clever usage of the word um i don't usually compliment Mm -hmm. the linguistics in D &D modules or or D &D content but like this actually was yeah (laughs) yeah no honestly if if there wasn't a a, you know disease that ruined most people's lives um then like it would have been the best word to use Mm-hmm. But uh, Corona of Light also is like just basically Sunny Day uh, in Pokemon. It is the Pokemon move Sunny oh, Day. Oh yeah, yeah. You 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 got Pokemon on the brain, man. Yeah, I don't even know why. I, I have not that. been playing Pokemon at all. I've been playing a whole lot of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but not not any. Not a lot of Pokemon. Not a lot of Pokemon. Um, mm. Trickery Cleric. I think this is where we're getting into like big talk boy. Yes. So, um, Trickery Cleric had. Like, as we mentioned, it, it wasn't the strongest um, subclass in 5e. Um, I would argue that it probably had the strongest, like, subclass spell list, but everything else was sort of dog water to make up for it. And what they've done here is, like, the, the domain spell list is a little bit worse. Um, but in return, everything else is, like, significantly better. I just kind of wanted to, like, highlight a couple of things, because, yeah, no, it does, like really i i think yeah it got that huge facelift that it needed um yeah you know it has some very like notable things here um 
it, it's actually really funny. I, I again, I'm gonna put in this design note uh, aspect here. Um, mm-hmm. In the document, it, it literally says like, you know, Trickster's magic is a new feature that replaces Cloak of Shadows, which was poorly rated. <laughs> yeah, and now you can you just like domain spells include invisibility instead yeah. of. Yeah, it's having, like a hey, this was this was bad, and we know it was bad. So we there's also it. like in the same paragraph, um, in, improved duplicity was poorly rated and now has entirely new functionality. Like mm-hmm. I like that they recognize when stuff like that happens. Yeah, like they don't they don't. Uh, what I think about this is funny is like they don't say it's like oh this was like poor design or this was a mistake or like you know this was it was poorly rated. It's yeah, it's not that it was it, like it. it's not that it wasn't good. It's you guys didn't like it. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying for sure. It's a little cheeky, and I do I do kind of like that in some yeah. way. Um, I think there's definitely a way to read it as a little bit cheeky. I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think the uh, invoke duplicity is uh, really fun. Yep. Um, I think they Absolutely. they really improve that uh, in a way. Re- it, I mean, even just making it a bonus action is mm-hmm. like a huge change in terms of uh, action economy. Um. I, I really think that this subclass is in a good spot at the moment. I yeah. would love. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, I've always had a, a soft spot for trickster clerics. I think that like the flavor there is fantastic. And um, there's a lot of uh, literature inspirations you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just think uh, like the fact that they're now a little bit more playable uh, and they feel a little bit better is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do really want to highlight is Blessing of the Trickster uh, is another third level. You get you get Invoke Duplicity at third level and then you also get Blessing of the Trickster at third level. Yes, um, Blessing of the Trickster does not have a recharge period. Oh. It says, as an action, That's you can true. choose yourself for a willing creature within 30 feet uh, of yourself to gain. Lasts yeah. for it lasts an hour, hour or until you use the feature again. again. So that's you it just, you can use it as many days as you want as many times as you want yeah no you day. can spam it you just can't have it on more than one person at a time yeah which is nice um like a it's like a mini um uh, ca- uh pass without trace i almost said cast without trace but that's the name of this podcast. <laughs> i i actually make that mistake every single time any of my friends use it at the table um, that's fantastic actually to I a point where that. like uh one of my friends who i think is most vocal about feedback for the show um and always provide some very like helpful uh, follow up. Um, he actually just says cast without trace now. Uh, he doesn't even bother saying pass without trace. Um, That's excellent. So yeah, we're really we're in the zeitgeist there, guys. We're <laughs> the cultural impact. Okay, let's let's go to war. Okay, thoughts right off the bat. Um, yeah, I I think I've always looked at the warcaster uh, in like the the. 2015 player's handbook um and it never really like spoke to me uh, a whole lot um i i think i've always thought it was like a, an interesting idea and i always like wanted to like it but it just i don't know didn't really float my boat um and mm-hmm. this one does this one looks kind of cool you're this f- one is like i one? yeah no i i I'm, I'm looking at this and like yeah let's 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 go to war let's i want a lightsaber and yeah i feel a testosterone let's let's do it boys um yeah i think uh war priest um is got uh got a bit of a facelift um oh big time yeah. i think that it was it was certainly a workable subclass before um if not like a little bit underpowered compared to some of the other options but i think yeah like this is definitely like 100 percent um it, it would feel good to play yeah i mean like for the war priest uh feature like i mean it is you're getting a third level instead of first level so i mean like obviously they needed to like yeah. make it better um but honestly like this is just a good solid like again like I, I don't know a whole lot about the war domain from the 5e because it never really like jumped out to me uh in the first mm-hmm. times i was reading it and you know i'd look at it again and be like yeah whatever um so i don't know a lot of the stuff well but um this is just a good hybrid class no this is absolutely fantastic especially if you're doing that like you know protector and and uh you know improve strike uh but this is this is great this is a good warcaster guided strike i think is the same as it was and uh, you know what not an ability that's going to come into play all the time but like you rarely see just like add plus 10 to that shit and i love <laughs> i really like that idea just like not not a number that you see on a character sheet very often but uh when you start seeing the double digits on there that feels really good oh and you get yeah. this at you're getting this at a, at a really low level, so that's that's another added bonus, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same as like the the bonus that you get for uh, pass without trace. Um, mm-hmm. It is that plus ten, and that plus ten 
makes everyone at the table feel so goddamn good. Because then you look at that number on the die yeah. and you're like, oh, I get to add 10 to like, this oh, plus whatever else. 34. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely yeah. fan-fucking-tastic. Um, you know, having this, uh, you know, on, say, you know, a fighter is going to make them yeah. feel so good. It's probably wasted on them, but it makes <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to feel really good to, to tell someone like, oh, uh, just add plus 10 to that. Like, yeah. You're actually good to go. Yeah, just take 10. That's great. Yeah. One thing I, I think is like a, a really good improvement uh, between the two, uh, looking at them side by side right now, is mm-hmm. um, Avatar of Battle. Uh, you gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Uh, in the yeah. 2015, it was the same, except uh, only from non-magical weapons. At 17th level, at 17th level, how much non-magic stuff are you being hit with? Uh, you know what? Not a lot. Yeah. So yeah. they took this useless thing that you probably should have gotten earlier, and yeah. they and kept they it there it like... and just removed limitation, and this is where that yeah. worked. I think that's great. I think that's the way to do it. They really polished up, and it's, it's nice. I think we're going to get into one of your favorite classes now. I, I have a love-hate relationship um, with the Druid as a class. Um, I think the things they're doing here, again, it, it really felt like they were definitely taking some swings to, at the fences with the last Druid, um, and not all of it worked, but I thought it was kind of a neat idea. Um, and then they were like, well, what if we just made it the Player's Handbook Druid, but a little bit different? Um, yeah. And you know what? A lot of it does work. Um, but some of it is, uh, we'll talk about it. 